Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text, currently the manual, of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net where if you mouse over the link at the top of the page for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same top menu, there's also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in the Manual for Teachers with Section 10 and 11, those being how is judgment relinquished and how is peace possible in this world? At the top of the hour, we'll take some time with the lesson for the day, Lesson 347. Anger must come from judgment. Judgment is the weapon I would use against myself to keep all miracles away from me. Let me ask you, Lori, do you have one of your wonderful noetic openings for the call? I do, Lemoyne, and um, and and this this well, you know what? This is uh, something I think that goes in twice. So I'm going to read it twice. Uh, it's a little little piece from Rumi, and it goes like this: When I run after, oh dear me, I'm sorry. I have to let it. There we go. I beg your pardon. (laughs) Okay. Back to center. When I run after what I think I want, my days are a furnace of distress and anxiety. If I sit in my own place of patience, what I need flows to me and without pain. From this I understand that what I want also wants me is looking for me and attracting me. When it cannot attract me anymore to go to it, it has to come to me. There is a great secret in this for anyone who can grasp it. Our lesson gives us the clue. When I run after what I think I want, my days are a furnace of distress and anxiety. 
If I sit in my own place with patience, what I need flows to me and without any pain. From this I understand that what I want also wants me, is looking for me and attracting me. When it cannot attract me anymore to go to it, it has to come to me. There is a great secret in this for anyone who can grasp it. Anger must come from judgment. Judgment is the weapon I would use against myself to keep all miracles away from me. Amen. Thank you. Thanks so much, Lori. Oh, that's perfect, Lori. Thank you. I'm glad it I'm glad it touched the place. Thank you. Well thank you, Lori. Well here's here's what I've got on my list. Uh with us and reading I have Lori Brand Jennifer, Harrison, Karen, and Robin Marie. With us in listening, I have Lana. Is there anyone else who joined the call who would like to say good morning or join the reading list? Good morning. Go ahead, Sandra. And Jessica after Sandra. Okay, did you get that? Good morning. Yeah, I got it. Okay. okay. Yeah, and I can breathe. So. I, I tend to think it's better if you just try again and maybe get sorted rather than me adding another voice to the collision. So, okay. So then we add Sandra and Jessica to the reading. And I about one per paragraph. Okay, great. So I'll go ahead and get us started then um, with Section 10 in the Manual for Teachers. How is judgment relinquished? Judgment, like other devices, by which the world of illusions is maintained is totally misunderstood by the world. It is actually confused with wisdom and substitutes for truth. As the world uses the term, an individual is capable of, quote, good and, quote, bad judgment, and his education aims at strengthening the former and minimizing the latter. There is, however, considerable confusion about what these categories mean. What is, quote, good judgment to one is, quote, bad judgment to another. Further, even the same person classifies the same action as showing quote, good judgment at one time and, quote, bad judgment at another time. Nor can any consistent criteria for determining what these categories are be really taught. 
At any time, the student may disagree with what his would-be teacher says about them, and the teacher himself is inconsistent in what he believes. Lori. Uh, Question number 10, how is judgment relinquished? Judgment, like other devices by which the world of illusions is maintained, is totally misunderstood by the world. It is actually confused with wisdom and substitutes for truth. As the world uses the term, an individual is capable of so-called good and so-called bad judgment, and his education aims at strengthening the former and minimizing the latter. There is, however, considerable confusion about what these categories mean. What is, quote-unquote, good judgment to one is, quote-unquote, bad judgment to another. Further, even the same person classifies the same action as showing good judgment at one time and bad judgment at another time. Nor can any consistent criteria for determining what these categories are be really taught. At any time, the student may disagree with his would-be teacher. I'm sorry. At any time, the student may disagree with what his would-be teacher says about them, and the teacher himself is inconsistent in what he believes. Two. Quote-unquote, good judgment in these terms does not mean anything. No more does bad. It is necessary for the teacher of God to realize not that he should not judge, but that he cannot. In giving up judgment, he merely gives up what he did not have. He gives up an illusion. Or better, he has an illusion of giving up. He has actually merely become more honest. Recognizing that judgment was always impossible for him, he no longer attempts it. This is no sacrifice. On the contrary, he puts himself in a position where judgment through him, rather than by him, can occur. And this judgment is neither so-called good or quote-unquote bad. It is the only judgment there is. And it is only one, quote, God's Son is guiltless and sin does not exist, end quote. Thank you, Lori. And Fran? Two, quote, good judgment, unquote, in these terms does not mean anything. No more does, quote, unquote, bad. It is necessary for the teacher of God to realize not that he should not judge, but that he cannot. In giving up judgment, he merely gives up what he did not have. He gives up an illusion, or better, he has an illusion of giving up. He has actually merely become more honest. Recognizing that judgment was always impossible for him, he no longer attempts it. This is no sacrifice. On the contrary, He puts himself in a position where judgment through him rather than by him can occur. And this judgment is neither quote-unquote good nor quote-unquote bad. It is the only judgment there is, and it is only one. Quote, God's son is guiltless, 
and sin does not exist, unquote. Three, the aim of our curriculum, unlike the goal of the world's learning, is the recognition that judgment in the usual sense is impossible. This is not an opinion, but a fact. In order to judge anything rightly, one would have to be fully aware of an inconceivably wide range of things, past, present, and to come. One would have to recognize in advance all the effects of his judgments on everyone and everything involved in them in any way. And one would have to be certain there is no distortion in his perception so that his judgment would be wholly fair to everyone on whom it rests, now and in the future. Who is in a position to do this? Who, except in grandiose fantasies, would claim this for himself? Thank you, Brian. And Jennifer? Three, the aim of our curriculum unlike the goal of the world's learning, is the recognition that judgment is the usual sense, in the usual sense, is impossible. This is not an opinion, but a fact. In order to judge anything rightly, one would have to be fully aware of an inconceivable wide range of things, past, present, and to come. One would have to recognize in advance all the effects of his judgments on everyone and everything involved in them in any way. And one would have to be certain there is no distortion in his perception so that his judgment would be wholly fair to everyone on whom it rests. Now, and in the future. Who is in a position to do this? Who except in grandiose fantasies would claim this for himself? Or, remember how many times you thought you knew all the quote-unquote facts you needed for judgment and how wrong you were? Ah... Is there anyone who has not had this experience? Would you know how many times you merely thought you were right without ever realizing you were wrong? Why would you choose such an arbitrary basis for decision-making? Wisdom is not judgment. It is the relinquishment of judgment. Make then but one more (laughs) judgment. It is this. There is capital as someone with whom whose judgment is perfect. He does know all the facts, past, present, and to come. He does know all the effects of capital H, his judgment on everyone and everything involved in any way. And he is wholly fair to everyone, for there is no distortion in his perception, past, 
Thank you, Jennifer and Harrison. Were any times you thought you knew the quote-unquote facts needed for judgment? Well, you were for anyone not had this experience. You know how many times you merely thought you were right ever realizing wrong. Would you choose such an arbitrary basis decision-making um, judgment, the relinquishment judgment, then but one more judgment, this, is someone with you, judgment is, does know all the facts. Come, let's know the effects judgment on everything involved anyway. He is wholly fair, everyone. There is no distortion. Or judgment down. Let the side of gratitude free of a burden so great you can merely stagger and fall down beneath it was all more. Now can the teacher of God rise up unburdened lightly on not only this is his manifest and some chair is gone he has none Given it away with judgment, gave himself to him to age, whose judgment is chosen not to trust the zone. No mistakes. His capital D died. He came to judge, comes to bless. Now he laughs to come to weep. Thank you, Harrison. And Karen. Five. Therefore, lay judgment down. 
not with regret, but with a sigh of gratitude. Now are you free of a burden so great that you could merely stagger and fall down beneath it. And it was all illusion, nothing more. Now can the teacher of God rise up unburdened and walk lightly on. Yet it is not only this that is his benefit. His sense of care is gone, for he has none. He has given it away along with judgment. He gave himself to him whose judgment he has chosen now to trust instead of his own. Now he makes no mistakes. His guide is sure. And where he came to judge, he comes to bless. Where now he laughs, he used to come to weep. Six, it is not difficult to relinquish judgment, but it is difficult indeed to try to keep it. The teacher of God lays it down happily the instant he recognizes its cost. All of the ugliness he sees about him is its outcome. All of the pain he looks upon is its result. All of the loneliness and sense of loss, of passing time and growing hopeless, of sickening despair and fear of death, all these has, have come of it. And now he knows that these things need not be. Not one is true, for he has given up their cause, and they which never were but the effects of his mistaken choice have fallen from him. Teacher of God, this step will bring you peace. Can it be difficult to want but this? Thank you, Karen. And um, Robin Murray, would you read six and uh, yeah, then give us a little tiny pause and then roll into the next section? Six. It is not difficult to relinquish judgment. But it is difficult, indeed, to try to keep it. The teacher of God lays it down happily the instant he recognizes its cost. All of the ugliness he sees about him is its outcome. All of the pain he looks upon is its result. All of the loneliness and sense of loss, of passing time and growing hopelessness, of sickening despair and fear of death. All these have come of it. And now he knows that these things need not be. Not one is true, for he has given up their cause, and they which never were, but the effects of his mistaken choice, have fallen from him. Teacher of God, this step will bring you peace. Can it be difficult to want but this, and now we are in 11. How is peace possible in this world? This is the question everyone must ask. Certainly peace seems to be impossible 
Yet the word of God promises other things that seem impossible, as well as this. His word has promised peace. It has also promised that there is no death, that resurrection must occur, and that rebirth is man's inheritance. The world you see cannot be the world God loves, and yet his word assures us that he loves the world. God's word has promised us that peace is possible here, and what he promises can hardly be impossible. But it is true that the world must be looked at differently if his promises are to be accepted. What the world is is but a fact. You cannot choose what this should be, but you can choose how you would see it. Indeed, you must choose this. Thank you, Robin Murray and Sandra. 11. How is peace possible in this world? 1. This is a question everyone must ask. Certainly, peace seems to be impossible. Yet, the Word of God promises other things that seem impossible as well as this. His Word has promised peace. It has also promised that there is no death that resurrection must occur, and that rebirth is man's inheritance. The world you see cannot be the world God loves, and yet his word assures us that he loves the world. God's word has promised us that peace is possible here, and what he promises can hardly be impossible. But it is true that the world must be looked at differently if his promises are to be accepted. What the world is, is but a fact. You cannot choose what this should be, but you can choose how you would see it. Indeed, you must choose this. Two, again, we come to the question of judgment. This time, ask yourself whether your judgment or the word of God is more likely to be true they say different things about the world and things so opposite that it is pointless to try to reconcile them. God offers the world salvation. Your judgment would condemn it. God says there is no death. Your judgment sees but death as the inevitable end of life. God's word assures you that he loves the world. Your judgment says it is unlovable. What is right? Well, one of you is wrong. It must be so. Thank you, Sandra. And Jessica. Paragraph two. Again, we come to the question of judgment. This time, ask yourself whether your judgment or the word of God is more likely to be true. For they say different things about the world and things so opposite that it is pointless to try to reconcile them. God offers the world salvation. Your judgment would condemn it. God says there is no death. 
Your judgment sees but death as the inevitable end of life. God's word assures you that he loves the world. Your judgment says it is unlovable. Who is right? Or one of you is wrong. It must be so. Three, the text explains that the Holy Spirit is the answer to all problems you have made. These problems are not real, but that is meaningless to those who believe in them. And everyone believes in what he made, for it was made by his believing it. Into this strange and paradoxical situation, one without meaning and devoid of sense, yet out of which no way seems possible, God has sent his judgment to answer yours. Gently his judgment substitutes for yours. And through this substitution is the understandable, I'm sorry, is the ununderstandable made understandable. How is peace possible in this world? In your judgment, it is not possible and can never be possible. But in the judgment of God, what is reflected here is only peace. Well, thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for paragraphs three and four? I can read Lemoyne. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Three. Okay. The text explains that the Holy Spirit is the answer to all problems you have made. These problems are not real, but that is meaningless to those who believe in them. And everyone believes in what he made, for it was made by his believing it. Into this strange and paradoxical situation, one without meaning and devoid of sense, yet out of which no way seems possible, God has sent his judgment to answer yours. Gently, his judgment substitutes for yours. And through this substitution is the ununderstandable made understandable. How is peace possible in this world? In your judgment, it is not possible and can never be possible. But in the judgment of God, what is reflected here is only peace. For peace is impossible for, to those who look on war. Peace is inevitable to those who offer peace. How easily, then, is your judgment of the world escaped? It is not the world that makes peace seem impossible. It is the world you see that is impossible. Yet has God's judgment on this distorted world redeemed, I'm sorry, yet has God's judgment on this distorted world redeemed it 
and made it fit to welcome peace. And peace descends on it in joyous answer. Peace now belongs here because a thought of God has entered. What else but a thought of God turns hell to heaven merely by being what it is? The earth bows down before its gracious presence and it leans down in answer to raise it up again. Now is the question different. It is no longer can peace be possible in this world, but instead is it not impossible that peace be absent here? Thank you, Lana. And is there another new reader to conclude with paragraph four? Spinning, I can read it. Peace is impossible. Peace is impossible to those who look on war. Peace is inevitable to those who offer peace. How easily then is your judgment of the world escaped? It is not the world that makes peace seem impossible. It is the world you see that is impossible. Yet has God's judgment on this distorted world redeemed it and made it fit to welcome peace. And peace descends on it in joyous answer. Peace now belongs here because a thought of God has entered. What else but a thought of God turns hell to heaven merely by being what it is? The earth bows down before its gracious presence and it leans down an answer to take to raise it up again. Now is the question different. It is no longer can peace be possible in this world, but instead... Is it not impossible that peace be absent here? Thank you, Renee. Well, uh, I think... uh, I think these two sections definitely belong together, like this, uh, displaying how judgment is the cause of loss of peace. And in that loss, <laughs> judgment is required to get out of it. Um, so, let's see. We have... We have... A few minutes before the top of the hour. This is time for yeah, short thought, quick share.
This is Jessica. I guess, um, you know, I, I was really overcome by each of these paragraphs by the power of the truth in them and by the the power of the ability of the truth to release so much in me, uh, so much false perception. And, and I was overcome by gratitude for this work and these words and this teacher's ability to express what, you know, what is true in a way that we can understand it, that I can understand it and that I can recognize its wisdom. And, you know, it, he, he just brings us down this path to a place of peace, which is, as we all know, seems so terribly elusive most of the time or much of the time. And then, you know, and and then to say that, um, let's see, the very last sentence, is it not possible? Is it not impossible that peace be absent here? And that just unlocks. That's like the key. This whole this whole process of this reading is the key to unlock the awareness that, in fact, that is true. It is impossible that peace be absent here. It is entirely true that peace is here all the time you know it's sort of the the ground on which everything is built and we need but look and trust you know everything he's telling us about about judgment letting go of ours and taking holy spirit's judgment to see then we can see the ground of peace is is everywhere even even when we experience uh like an active conflict i can be aware that that's not the truth um that what underlays it is peace so i'm incredibly grateful and complete That's a beautiful share, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica, for shedding light on that. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. <clears throat> For that uh, full, full expression of acceptance. 
that is gratitude for clarity that can wash it all away. And uh, so it is the time we turn to you, Fran, to lead us in the lesson. All I ask is that everyone give Fran your attention and she does she does so well. I'll be Fran. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on is what is a miracle. And today's lesson is lesson 347. Anger must come from judgment. Judgment is the weapon I would use against myself to keep all miracles away from me. So I shall read something, what is the miracle, and then we'll go over to our lesson and do our five-minute meditation. What is a miracle? A miracle is a correction. It does not create, nor really change at all. It merely looks on devastation and reminds the mind that what it sees is false. A miracle contains the gift of grace, for it is given and received as one. Unless it illustrates the law of truth, the world does not obey because it fails entirely to understand its ways. Forgiveness is the home of miracles. The eyes of Christ deliver them to all they look upon in mercy and in love. The miracle is taken first on faith because to ask for it implies the mind has been made ready to conceive of what it cannot see and does not understand. The miracle will justify your faith in it and show it rested on the world more real than what you saw before. Miracles fall like drops of healing rain from heaven on a dry and dusty world where starved and thirsty creatures come to die. Now they have water. Now the world is green. And everywhere the signs of life spring up to show that what is born can never die. For life, for what has life, has immortality. Now we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 347. Anger must come from judgment. Judgment is the weapon I would use against myself to keep all miracles away from me. Father, I want what goes against my will and do not want what is my will to have. Straighten my mind, my Father. It is sick, but you have offered freedom and I choose to claim your gift today. And so I give all judgment to the one you gave to me to judge for me. He sees what I behold and he knows the truth. He looks on pain and yet he understands it is not real. And in his understanding, it is healed. He gives the miracles my dreams would hide from my awareness. Let him judge today. I do not know my will, but he is sure it is your own. And he will speak for me and call your miracle to come to me. Listen today. Be very still and hear the gentle voice for God, assuring you 
that he has judged you as the son he loves. Five minutes.
Lesson 347. Anger must come from judgment. Judgment is the weapon I would use against myself to keep all miracles away from me. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Very exciting. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, guys. Do you want to say something about that, Fran? No, not really. You go. <laughs> okay. Um, I was thinking when we were reading the uh, text reading about judgment, I was I even had a little sketch of it in my book of an hourglass with the sand going down. And the um, the world is one uh, direction, one alignment of the sand. But a miracle is like turning the hourglass over. And it's God's world, the world that we can, that there can be peace, which was in the reading too. But when we have judgment, it flips it right back to the ego world. And... I was thinking anger is kind of an attribute of judgment. And, and um, you know, this may not be perfect, and that's okay, right? But I was thinking, um, if anger arises and I don't judge it, then I'm fine. It's part of the holy purification process. I offer it to the Holy Spirit. I put it on the altar. But if I judge the cause of the anger or if I judge myself for being angry or if judgment comes up, it blocks the miracle. It stops the healing from the purification, the correction, the undoing of my, you know, past energies being released. It undoes that. It blocks God's grace. That's what judgment does. So when I'm open and I'm aligned to the Holy Spirit, Yesterday, someone was very angry with me, and it was just a miracle of grace. You know, I, I just sent the person love. I didn't even hear their anger. I didn't even care about it. I was just thinking, you know, I know you're in a lot of pain, and that was the extent of it, and I just sent love. Other times, of course, you know, if I'm on hold and I'm feeling tortured by some situation, sometimes anger definitely arises. You know, and it's in me, and I have to offer it on the inner altar as fast as I can. You know, as soon as I can become aware that I'm that I'm going off into something, I need to offer it to God, but I can't judge myself for it. I have to accept that my guide, the Holy Spirit, is with me, and that I am doing my best and being as open to the grace of God as possible. All miracles are the transformation, the release, and the correction from the world of illusions and falsehood. I just need to come back, keep coming back to right thinking and right-mindedness, alignment to the Holy Spirit. If the hourglass gets flipped, I flip it back 
I choose again. I choose peace. And the, the world that's beautiful, the world God loves. Um, thank you for letting me share that. I'm complete. Boy, I really love that image, Karen. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you, Karen. That was lovely. Wonderful, Karen. So great to hear that. Thank you, thank you, Karen. Golden, thank you. Good morning. This is Dennis. I just want to say real quick. Sorry, Miss Sandra. Um, I just wanted to say, um, whenever I'm angry, um, it just means something's not right. And that something not right is maybe it's I'm not in the miracle. And what is a miracle? A miracle is present time. It's fully um, giving myself to the moment. Um, and then, um, if I need to, like sweet Karen said, choose again. Uh, so if I'm angry, it's okay. I just, uh, choose to really, um, ground even more so and, and investigate, uh, in peace, present time. I pass. Beautiful. Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Okay. Um, Anger must come from judgment, and judgment is a weapon I would use against myself to keep all miracles away from me. Whether I'm judging an emotional upset or judging a physical upset, a bodily upset. They're, they're not here to be judged. They're here to be guides. <laughs> they're here to guide me. My emotional upsets are here to guide me. My bodily upsets are here to guide me, to guide me back to peace, back to health. If I just bring it to my Holy Spirit, to my higher mind, and say, show me the truth about this. What am I supposed to be learning from this? Because my circumstances are, whatever those circumstances are, God's plan for my salvation. I just have to look and see, you know, because I don't always get it. For me, my plan for salvation is to get what I want when I want it. (laughs) That's my plan. That's not God's plan. God's plan is to bring this planet to a place of peace and love. And I'm not sure how that's supposed to look, but I'm just going to keep hanging on to God's got a plan, and I don't need to know it. I just need to have faith and trust in my relationship with my Creator and all of creation. I'm complete. That's beautiful, Sandra. Thank you. 
Thank you. This is Robin Marie. I just wanted to say uh, a follow-up on my little um, stubbing my toe the other day. Uh, uh, yesterday, my boss was telling me what she wanted me to do in the music room, and suddenly it just came out of my mouth, I'm so sorry I didn't understand what you were saying yesterday. And she said, oh, that's all right. I forgot to tell you that Ellie wasn't coming, and she started laughing. So <laughs> it was pretty easy getting over that bump. Thank you, guys. Oh, that's good to know, Robin Marie. Glad to hear the follow-up. Thank you. Hello, it's Lana. Um, I really love both of these sections, um, especially the one on the judgment is um, impossible to to judge anything justly and righteously, um, and it, um, it it always brings me back. To, I remember how analytical the ego mentality is. It wants to understand, yet the paradox is that if I'm functioning from the ego mentality, understanding is impossible, <laughs> so or true understanding. And I think somewhere in, uh, somewhere else in the Course, Jesus says, first forgiveness, then understanding. So um, I don't need to understand the mechanics of how forgiveness and the miracle works. I just have to accept the fact that they do work. And um, every time I trust in them, um, my trust is validated because then I have an experience of how powerful and how reliable and dependable they are when I choose them. Um, and then um, I, I do have a knowing, an inner knowing, that's really not even, you know, understanding becomes um, obsolete, you know, because I've had that experience of them working, and the more I experience them working, the more I come to trust in them. And then, um, you know, understanding no longer is a stumbling block um, for obtaining the miracle or the shift in perception that um, forgiveness brings. I'm brought back to sanity, and I don't um, give a hoot how it happened. It just, I just am so grateful that it does happen um, and so um, the first time I read this section on judgment, it was such a relief, relief to know that um, I not only <laughs> shouldn't judge, I can't judge. You know, I can't know everything about the past, present, and future that would affect my judgment. Um, 
so I can, um, I don't have that sense of being a failure or, um, you know, God kind of guts me off the hook, <laughs> even, even trying not to judge all the time, not knowing that it's impossible for you to judge. So um, you kind of give up the battle. Um, but, it, you know, it, it does take progress. Um, practice. Practice makes progress. But each time I do just trust in the truth being true, um, it validates itself. Um, So anyhow, I'm complete. Thank you for listening. That's beautiful, Anna. Thank you very much. Thank you, Anna. Listening to your voice, even if I didn't understand English, it have from my heart. Thank you for being on my planet. Thank you. Oh, thank you for being here with me. I agree. It's so it's so soothing yeah. and comforting. Um, this is Jessica. I just wanted to. Oh, let's see. What did I want to say? One thing about. Oh yeah, I was just. You know, this section of judgment reminds me of. Something Eckhart Tolle said, I used to listen to him a lot years ago, and he's, he's a very wise being, and um, and he said that the need to be right is the original addiction, something to those to, to that effect. You know, the the primary addiction is the need to be right, and it's just... Um, what gets humanity into a lot of trouble. I'm complete. Boy, that's for sure, Jessica. Yeah, so true, Jessica. Reminds me of um, the place that Byron Katie starts her her, um, thinking on all of this business of justice judgment and peace you know it should begins with there's my business there's my brother's business and there's my and there's God's business and um, on the road to a new heaven a new earth or a new way of understanding everything it seems very important to me uh, to stay within those parameters until I until my heart can move me you know um, and and that's the purpose of forgiveness every every time we use that word it's saying um, in effect um, God is the judge there is no sin my holy brother is my guide to peace my judged brother is my guide to pain um, every lesson falls into those same um, ways of thinking and judgment particularly you know I, I remember for a long time I was um, and I, I in many ways in my spiritual path I grew up in a really rigid um, way of thinking about right and wrong and and um, and I think we all probably did whether we called it religion or um, just the way things are and you better you better go with it 
grow up in that rigid construct of there's right and there's wrong and um, everybody has a different idea of what's right and what's wrong. When I can get to the point where uh, I can truly believe that it's God's judgment that everybody's right and there's no such thing as wrong, um, it's it's a real relief. Um, in fact, that relief is freedom. Now, uh, it's not up to me to decide anything. In fact, just like he says in that fourth paragraph, now he can go on um, recognizing that horrible burden of having to constantly discriminate uh, what God's business is was impossible to walk lightly on, you know. I, I just love that section, How Is Judgment Relinquished? I think probably read it uh, more than a dozen times every year, many more than a dozen times, uh, because I love the experience uh, that I feel in my heart when I realize um, it was never down to me to decide. Never, ever, ever down to me to decide uh, my brother's business or God's business. And um, and the experience of relief with that recognition is freedom to me. Um, you know, we talk so often of of the thoughts I think with God and and um, and it is um, after the last judgment. You know, the last judgment we think that that's God's, but really the last judgment is the last judgment I make upon myself, uh, which is another way of saying accept the atonement for myself. Uh, when I've made that last judgment on myself. Um, then uh, the miracle principle it's the privilege of forgiving to forgive starts making real sense to me um, that I have something to offer that is not judgment at all and um, and so when it says now he comes in blessing I think I wrote that in my margin so I wouldn't lose track of it yeah paragraph 5 again now, where he came to judge, he comes to bless. Uh, the outcome in my heart uh, is entirely different when I realize I come to bless rather than to judge. And now I'm back to teaching you to associate misery with the ego and joy with the soul, you know. Um, and not only now I come to bless, but I can also see where it's my brother's true desire. I mean, it's everybody wants to love. That's that's the true desire of every heart. You know, we don't know how to do it. We're not very good at it. Um, but it is a fact that we come from love to love. And love is our home and that's our true purpose. That is a fact. And the ego is a teeny tiny portion of the mind asleep. You know, the the true mind wants to love and wants to bless and I'll have a different experience when I come to bless and I have a different experience when I recognize it's my brother's true desire to bless me. Now I 
I approach that situation with a, how can I facilitate that? What can I do to make that easy for my brother? You know, now I'm in the realm of not only relinquishing judgment, but projecting peace. And again, my experience is entirely different than when it used to be. Uh, I came to judge and every, every time I meet a brother, it's a, a transaction, you know. Um, there's this movement that goes away from transactional relationships you know we're here to exchange something to relational relationships uh, how can we make it easy to offer what we have to offer uh, peace does that and um, anyway it's um it's a, it's a self-transformative walk is what this is and um, I'm sure grateful for every lesson that enhances it for me. I'm complete. Thank you, Laurie. That was lovely. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. You know, this is again. There's um, you reminded me, Laurie. Um, there's a place within us that knows everything, and even through the fog of our forgetfulness, if we stumble upon it, our soul recognizes it and remembers. And love is our natural state, and yet we can't describe it, we can't define it, we can't teach it, we can't learn it, we can only experience it. But something happens when we bump into it, usually by accident. It's like um, my soul, my spirit, there's a part of me that recognizes it as it being itself. And, um, you know, it's like love recognizes love and remembers itself. And for me, that's the miracle. It's um, the remembrance of who we are. And that shifts everything back into alignment um, with truth. And um, it's, it's very familiar to our soul, but the ego mind you know, blocks it from our, excuse me, from our awareness. But it, but that miracle, when love recognizes love, we remember because it's who we are. And, and that's, I think, is the most powerful part of the miracle, in addition to <clears throat> returning the mind to peace. I'm complete. Oh, that was so well said. <laughs> so well said. I'm so glad that's recorded, Lana. Thank you for that gift. Morning. This is Jennifer. Um, thank you, Lana. I, I'm going to segue in my in my profession as a massage therapist. Uh, nowadays, I've been doing it almost 30 years, and <clears throat> this last probably 
three, five years. Um, and now that I'm in A Course in Miracles, A Course of Love, um, helping me remember that I am love, more when I'm in that space, I, I get to experience, in, I guess, infinity or that space with most clients. Um, uh, because uh, nothing's going to happen that needs to happen, really, unless I'm in a state of openness and putting myself, uh, myself steps back and the holy part of me, I evoke forward for whatever is to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I just know it's going to be a lot of love, a lot of light. And um, my goal now is to do that when I go home, you know, to bring uh, that light for myself. And um, I have a lot of judgment about myself. And, um, and then when I, oh, I think, oh, you're not well read, you know, you need to spend your time reading and uh, writing and, um, and just, oh my God, it's just, and maybe, maybe those things are true, but not, not from the angle of judgment. And um, so I can see right now the invitation from the Holy Spirit for me is, Jennifer, just, just be with me in these moments where you're trembling, where you're in those spaces of I'm scared and I'm, I'm upset at myself because there's things that I would like to do now, but I don't know how to get through it because I have this anger from the past, not present time, where the miracle is, and, and the judgment to back it up. <clears throat> so... My task now is to slow down and, and be in the miracle present time and allow myself to cry, really freaking cry, and then ask, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do next? And uh, there's probably a lot of hand-holding, and I mean that gently, and with that I pass. Thanks. You and me both, Jennifer. Well said. Yes, very well, Jennifer. Thank you. You know, another attribute of the ego mentality—it's—it's it's, um, compulsion to do. It's a doing mechanism where. Um, where I need to remind myself that spirit just is. It's a being. It just it is just being what it is. It doesn't require any doing. <laughs> and that's a hard um it's a hard truth to get through my thick skull because um we naturally you know, we wake I wake up in the morning and um usually the first thing 
that I think about is uh, how I need to fix myself. <laughs> and, um, and the miracle happens when I recognize that there's nothing needed to be fixed. That, and, you know, I, I chuckle about it when I say I, I am as God created me and this is what it looks like now. <laughs> you know, the fact that I am as God created me is is an established truth that's already accomplished and it may not fit my pictures you know we uh, we kind of tend to create a spiritual identity um which is just as false as the ego identity uh because we're defining it instead of having it revealed to us naturally we're naturally who we are who we are as God created us and we're not perfect because of our behavior or what we do we're perfect because of who we are as a creation of God um, and you know it's just always constant reminding myself of these truths uh, because it's like <laughs> the ego thought system is like this big eraser. It just wants to erase the truth from my mind. So I I will blend in with it. But um, the truth once heard and accepted makes, I mean, it's just so, it's divine logic. And you can't get around that. Um, it just makes so much sense. <laughs> So I'm, I'm happy about that. <laughs> I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. I have a question for Lana. Is this appropriate? Can I ask her real quick? Um, not personal. Um, and, and you don't have to answer this for anybody or anybody, but I heard the Holy Spirit say to me last year, or no, this year at the beginning, oh, we're going to make you a writer. <laughs> and that's been really overwhelming. Um, I don't read very much. I don't have a practice of writing. And um, so, and it wasn't the ego because it was outside my ear. Um, so in an instance where you're, Hearing the truth before you're ready, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know what to do with that. It's a little overwhelming. Well, I think the first thing I would notice is that it's a judgment. And um, I'm making a judgment about a truth that was delivered to my mind. And again, the um, ego goes into superdrive, overdrive, in trying to make it make sense. Um, it looks, you know, uh, I'm taking like a pause in my writing. It's it's not a decision to do it. It's just um, my writing comes from a passion within me, and it's effortless. And when I notice that I have to put effort to it it's it's not natural so I just take a pause and um, you know Jesus always tells me to do what brings me peace 
And that's a good rule to follow. Um, you know, regardless of what I'm hearing from Holy Spirit or from the ego, my ego will try to interpret it and define it and judge it. And that's not an atmosphere or an arena that will give me peace. So I just take a pause. Let's see what shows up. If I'm intended to be a writer, let's see how that manifests. If it's God's will that I be a writer, nothing will block it. I mean, nothing will prevent it from occurring. So I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to ask all the why questions and the how questions and the what and the when questions. I just have to notice that, oh, I've got this beautiful thought that was delivered to my mind. Let's just see what happens next and um, allow God to reveal it. Because if I try to do anything, it's just going to be an interpretation, um, which uh, I've learned are usually incorrect. (laughs) So sit with it and be with it and see what happens, see what shows up. You don't have to do anything. And in that place, you can find peace. At least I do. And you do nothing. (laughs) I'm complete. I hope that was helpful. Oh, my gosh, yes. Thanks, Lana. There are times where I'll sit in deep, like, miracle present time peace, just looking at the ocean, and I'll get a download of a story. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I I should be writing this. So um, there's truth there, but I'm going to, I'm going to sit on top of this egg. (laughs) Let it hatch. Thank you so much. Oh, I love that. Sit on top of the egg. (laughs) That's a great way to put it. (laughs) I'm a regular chicken. Not ready for the oven yet. <laughs> Hi. Um, Jennifer, were you the one that said you're going to be, you got a message that you were going to be a writer? Yeah, January 2nd. Um, but, of course, my ego and a whole bunch of fear, which is ego, uh, just came in and, man, made a cluster, you know what, of it. I signed up for school. Uh, Oh, my God. I had to pull myself out because I'm not ready. I don't know how to be at the pace of school. Uh, I was uh, totally overwhelmed. Just shut it down. That whole idea in two and a half weeks, my my ego-based thinking. So, uh, anyway, going back to the basics, just present time. (laughs) I have something to say to you and I hope it helps Um, for me personally I have gotten some false messages in my life but they weren't that kind of message necessarily like you're going to be a writer they are more ego grandiose type of messages but I have found that if I get a true message 
a real message that is true and I don't receive that true message until I'm ready to receive it. And I think the same is true for you. Also, I'm going to make you an offer. Um, no charge, but if you want to try some flower or other vibrational essences, I don't really have any anymore, but I can look for you and muscle test for you uh, among different brands that I'm aware of and use my intuition as well to try to find one or two essences that might be good for you to help you feel more ready for it at this time. Um, now, do you want my number? Yes. Okay, one second. Oh, this, I don't know if this okay. is appropriate. Sorry. Just uh, correct me. If... Okay, go, uh, would you like to, um, uh, can I get it from uh, Lemoyne or Lori so we don't put you on the air? I'm not worried about that. Okay. That's okay. Shoot. Okay. Nobody calls me unless they're supposed to call me. Um, <laughs> it's you, Ida, A-I-D-A. I love you too. A-I-D-A. And it's 520-289-5515. If I don't hear it, leave a message. Thank you, Ida. It will be a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you. No, good luck. All the best. Good, good to talk to you, too. Yeah, Ida reminded me of something, too. Um, I find in my experience that messages from spirit always come with clarity, certainty, and peace. So that's one way to discern whether the ego has gotten entangled in it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always a pure um, experience uh, that brings the clarity and the certainty and the peace. So that's kind of a benchmark that I use in... Um, discerning whether something is of spirit or the ego. Um, so something else to jot down in the notebook. <laughs> I'm complete. Thank you, Lana. That's very true. Thank you. That's great, Lana. I love that. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here on this call again. Thank you, Ida. You know, my mom died on November 19th last month, and um, nobody can take her place. And, of course, she was like 28 years older than me, so she was a lot older. But um, I think that in my searching for feminine relationship with other women, and even with the feminine aspect of men, I... I'm looking to find that nurturing quality that I got from my mother who can only nurture me now in spirit and who is perhaps doing that even as we speak. 
I'm not sure, you know, but that's quite possible. That it's happening, but I'm not physically aware of it or intellectually aware of it. Anyway, so that's another reason I really enjoy speaking to everybody on the call, but especially right now, the women which are predominant on these calls. Thank you so much. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Ida. Part of me still can't believe she really died, but that's because, you know, you all know the truth. She really, in reality, which is eternal, did not die. Thank you again. No, she didn't, that's for sure. Thank you, dear. Yeah, I can remember it took a while. But what is time for? It took a while before I realized she was more present than absent, you know. That absent was an idea in my mind. Um, But every time I think of how much I love her and how much she loved me, she's just right here again. So, be reassured, my dear. I'm complete. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I was going to say something, but I forgot. I'm complete. It won't help to try to remember. Try never works for those kinds of things. Um, only letting it happen when it's supposed to happen. When you're supposed to say that thing, it'll you'll remember it, right? Right. I know these calls are so healing. This is not what I was trying to remember, but I know these calls are so healing for all of us, especially those who put our heart into it, which may be everyone. I'm not sure how one could listen to these calls and participate in them if, if they did not put their heart into it. They just wouldn't be interested, I think, because it's not of the senses, it's not of the commercialism, it's not anything like that. It's of the spirit. And that's it. Well, I was thinking the same thing. It's so healing for all of us to be on these calls. 
and healing on a subtle level, on a spiritual level, but I think that filters down into our mental, emotional, and even physical levels. And I think sometimes when somebody is going to say something and they forget, it's because they've made a shift energetically. I'm an energy person. I was trained, I trained myself in energy healing way back in the late 80s and 90s. And um, with the vibrational essences of Reiki and stuff like that. Only I didn't think of it back then as talking with people is a shift. But it is, especially when they're loving, when they're spiritual and Basically, everyone is loving and spiritual, but you know what I mean when it's actually being manifested out in the world, in the physical world. Actually, the world isn't even totally physical. It's, um, we call it, I've said this before, so forgive me, we call it the atmosphere. And the word atma in Hindu means soul. And the I heard that people in previous civilization not only used free energy to power things, but they developed their cathedrals and stuff like that. So um, with spires to collect the energy from the atmosphere to um, make them all feel good and feel better by being around that energy and having that energy go into the lower levels of, of the air and stuff like that. It's a very etheric thing, it seems. Uh, I don't expect you to necessarily believe it or understand it. I'm not sure I totally understand it myself, but I have an idea. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is that everything, even our physicality, is intertwined with spirit, is intertwined with our soul. And the soul of everything, I think that even rocks have a soul, much less plants and animals. Uh, and they talk about the earth itself being Gaia, being a being. And if it's a being, then it has soul. And I've talked about the book we study, Being a Being, as well. Of course, the miracle of being the child of, of Jesus and Helen. So now I'm really complete. Thank you <laughs> for bearing with me. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Heather. That was lovely.
Well, this is Lemoyne, and uh, I see these two sections as uh, actually a complete a complete summary for the course. Um, at least for me. I know that one of the uh, corrected perceptions that you know, brought me here is something that took a long time to uh, for me to to bring down out of the realm of the abstract and that was just this uh, <clears throat> idea an idea concept. I think it's <laughs> it's kind of both and because it's all about illusion it may be nothing <laughs> really. But the idea that uh, that it appeared to me I would have called it an idea that the idea is um, when the Bible talks about original sin it's actually talking about judgment propensity to judge and divide. And, uh, uh, create hierarchy levels. And, you know, if it were just mutable preference, it wouldn't be such a big idea, but it becomes caused. Well, like it says in the Bible, the way we ended up getting thrown out of heaven. But it was, in fact, <laughs> the way this book makes it clear, it's the way we threw ourselves out. <laughs> and we judged we were worthy, and boom. We don't permit ourselves our birthright. Right? And so, I... And to bring it to the personal, my marriage is breaking up. It was actually, at least at times, very clear. I, I don't. I can state it more clearly now, but I could see that we were just projecting our problems on each other, right? That. Yeah, I didn't see it very clearly at the time, but I can see it now. Uh, that, uh, you know, this thing of having uh, to put a term on it, PTSD, and then our particular ego complexities would became focused on each other and and we trigger each other into our stuff, and then and in that in that realm, <clears throat> peace is impossible. So, um, it, you know, the continued effort to try to 
work through it or break through it is uh, not wrong-minded because that stuff in the way was the issue. It just wasn't outside the way we thought it was. Maybe, maybe the way we thought it was. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it was our judgments of what we needed protection from that made it, you know, made it impossible for us to be around each other and at some point, seeing each other as only a threat to peace. And it was interesting that we used to call it this. You know, I don't want to do this. You know, we're doing this again. This, this, it was always this. And uh, (laughs) it always reminds me what I see is Lesson 34. You know, I could see peace instead of this. Well, this is always true. <laughs> and you know, it's, it is what the what the course says is our is the purpose in using, looking at it, studying it, practicing it, however you want to put that trying to learn it is to become aware of the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. And that would be this, this, this. (laughs) But you know, it really is not something that can be I forget exactly what I said earlier, but, you know, fought through, broken through. It really must be just simply relinquished the judgments that hold it in place and make it seem like reality. And, uh, you know, the purpose of the Course is to establish inner peace. It is the relinquishment of judgment allows that. The simplicity of salvation. Really need, the need here is in the kerfuffle is to do nothing that would generate it. And then it's possible to see peace instead of this. So, yeah, I think to close the call today on the summary of lesson from lesson 57, 34, I could see peace instead of this. When I see the world as a place of freedom, I will realize it reflects the law of God instead of the rules which I made up for it to obey. I will understand that peace, not war, abides in it.
and I will perceive that peace also abides in the hearts of all who share this place with me. And 35, summary of 35, my mind is part of God. I am very holy. As I share the peace of the world with my brothers, I begin to understand that this peace comes from deep within myself. The world I look upon has taken on the light of my forgiveness and shines forgiveness back at me. In this light, I begin to see what my illusion about myself had kept hidden. I begin to understand the holiness of all living things, including myself and their oneness with me. Thank you, Lord. That is what the relinquishment of judgment makes way for. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. And I, I totally agree with you about this section. I think the reason I was so emotional about it is that it, I was I was also thinking, this is it. The whole course is right here. And, of course, you know, I often feel that way, but this was just the nub of it all. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Jessica. Well, <clears throat> I thank you all for being here. I don't read or just listening. And uh, I think it's time to end the recording, but the call will continue. And uh, so on we go.